the Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. It's the Mickey Dudes Podcast. Here's your Master of Ceremonies, Wazowski. Hello, humans! Hello, humans! Welcome to another exciting episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. I am your host, Pat Gennetti. I'm joined tonight by our producer extraordinaire, Greg Nevis. I regret nothing, ever. And three of our rotating Mickey Dude commentators, Stephen Maxwell. I'm surrounded by idiots. Chuck Fitzgerald. They're tourists. What do they know? And Jeff Williams. Flash photography, I wouldn't. That alters the homing signal, and that's not good. In tonight's episode, we're going to the dark side. Well, maybe not exactly that dark side. But we're going to be talking Disney villains. We're going to discuss our favorites. Maybe the ones we connect with, or maybe even the ones we see ourselves being from time to time. But first, before we start, we are going to bring in a little slap shot. So we all know there's a fan base out there for these villains. We all got a little sick, twisted side to us. Disney's tapping into it, like they always do. You know, we have the villains party in Disney Hollywood Studios. We even have Club Villain. We have all these little, you know, villain things popping up from here to there. But are these extras well worth the money? Slapshot to you, Chuck. No, no, they're absolutely not worth the money. This new villains event's, what, $129 per person with tax and gratuity. So, hey, good for you, Disney. Um, but no, absolutely not. You're paying almost $100 to get into the park. So you're going to spend over $200 per person per day to get into Hollywood Studios, which is, at best, a quarter of a day park right now. To do what? To meet the uh, villains? No. Yeah, cool. You get food. Go to the Halloween party. It's an extra cost, but it's not $129 a person. And it's much better time because you get fireworks at the end that are fantastic. So save your money. And don't forget, at the Halloween party, you get lots and lots of candy. Yeah, yeah but sometimes the candy's not that good. I- I'm sorry. There's really no such thing as bad candy. Bad Disney candy. I will argue there is no such thing as bad free candy, but remember, you're paying how much to get in there to get bite-sized Reese's, if you get that. That's the lucky part. All right, fine. I'll give you that. No problem. Boot to you, Chuck. Yeah, I know. And to yeah. you, and you, and <laughs> you. And, and, and who's next? Here we go. All right, so we're going to start with tonight's episode, and we are going to see where we stand with our villains. We all have our dark side, so let's open it up. And we're going to start tonight with our producer extraordinaire, Greg. Well, thank you so much. Well, you know, my my number one guy is, is Captain Hook, okay? Now, you look at him. He doesn't look very threatening. and He's not overly huge. He's not, like, uh, muscular or anything like that. But what I like about him and, and relate to the most is the fact that he's so cunning, you know? Uh, he was able to to uh, trick uh, Tinkerbell into revealing where, you know, Peter Pan's hideout is. And, you know, somehow he, he managed to find a loophole in that promise. And he's just a great villain. You know, he's comical. Uh, so he, I think he does a great job at being both. And, and you know, what what's not to like about him? He's even got some, some uh, you know, some soft spots to him where, uh, you know, he, he cries. He's, he's a bit of a baby, so he's a, he's a sensitive villain. So who doesn't like that, you know? Oh, absolutely. See, I, I, I'm a little bit jealous here because 
truth be told, that that was my villain. That's that's where I was going. So I, I honestly, I, I see all the points you just saw on Captain Hook. I, I relate to him. I, I, for all the reasons you said, and you know, he is he is a little sensitive. And I, I think most villains, if you get really down deep into their heart, which some villains, their the hearts are black. But when you get really down in there, you could see they might have a little bit of a of a heartbeat in there where they they are a little bit caring and 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 okay a little to the to the small extent they're okay there there's a slight redeeming quality about most of them wouldn't you say exactly and yeah and if you go to the disney junior because my son who is six uh still loves disney junior if we watch jake and the neverland pirates that version of captain hook is even a bigger softy so yep greg i don't know if you described captain hook or a lawyer finding loopholes <laughs> i mean geez, come on <laughs> There's there's going to be a lot of a lot of these villains that we talk about tonight. You probably could fit into many 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 lawyers. You know you got to be a little cunning and a little sneaky and a little bit cold hearted to be, you know, one of those really really high priced good lawyers. Well, maybe when he gives up the pirate gig, you know, a, a career in law might suit him better. Who knows? I think he'd be better suited for a career as a doctor because with that hook, he's not writing much. There's no way. I- <laughs> Absolutely. I neglected to mention that, too. Yeah, good point. Yeah, and, and really, who doesn't want to be a pirate? Now, that's cool. That's yeah. definitely cool. It is romantic, isn't it? Travel the world. Yeah. Ugh. There was a point in time that you could turn Facebook into uh, pirate English, and I can guarantee you I did that. So I fully agree with who doesn't want to be a pirate. Right. <laughs> and he's a styling pirate, for sure. Most most definitely. Oh, yeah, he's got that mustache. Oh, <laughs> and he could curl it with the, you know, with his hook on the end of his hand or end of his arm. Oh, he's perfect. He's a, he's a good villain. He really is. Absolutely. All right, Stephen, all the way across the pond, we're gonna go to you right now. Yeah, my favorite villain is Scar from The Lion King. He's just one of these characters that's so laid back and everything bothers him, but he's too lazy or just can't be bothered to do anything about it. Yeah, sure, he's got his friends and everybody revolves around him like the hyenas. It just takes one thing to throw him over the edge, and we'll be tied the one who actually rails him because that's when he just crack, and especially when he was fighting with Mufasa. And see when he puts his claws right on top of the, the, the paws of Mufasa and pushes him into the canyon. I'm very laid back myself. It comes to a point where somebody pushes you about. That's that's when I crack and let go. He's not adverse to bending the rules, but only if it's for him, and he wants to do something that he doesn't want to do, he won't do it. So I feel as if he's just the sort of guy that doesn't see anybody better than himself, even though that's not the case. With Mufasa being the king, he's a bit jealous of that. And that's why I think Scar is the one for me. Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, Scar, Scar's an interesting one. Scar, you know, you can get a lot of psychologists into Scar and into his brain. But I think what made him dangerous, one, I think like you were saying, Stephen, you know, when push came to shove, like he kind of he kind of went at it with Mufasa. And I think that, he was probably just because he wasn't as strong as Mufasa, but he was smart enough to get all those hyenas um, to do his bidding. He was smart enough to, you know, think of the plan to get rid of Mufasa. And he was a cold-hearted snake, pushing his brother into the ravine, blaming it uh, on Simba. That, you know, that's cold. That's real cold. Yeah, I think that's it. It's the way they can think of things and dictate and sort of dominate others and what he wants to do. But as I said before. He's surrounded by idiots. I mean, who else would follow him apart from the hyenas and the lowlife and the pride lands? Well, I'll tell you this. I, I know the feeling of being surrounded by idiots. <laughs> 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 
Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week, folks. Tip your waitress. Tip your waitress. <laughs> all right, Jeff. Up to you, buddy. Well, I thought I'd come out of the the box swinging here. Uh, I'm going to pick Ursula. Uh, we've probably, you know, been hit over the head many times with uh, Little Mermaid over, over the years. Uh, it's a very powerful movie. Um, uh, you know, she's the sea witch from Hans Christian Andersen's The Little Mermaid. So uh, what I think is... Uh, miss, miss, uh, I guess, represented is she's one of the most powerful uh, villains out there. She's got a lot of uh, potential. She showed uh, she's got the potions she can pull off. She can shape shift into a different creatures or people or whoever she needs to be to what you know what she wants to pull off. Um, one of the things that that uh, I've noticed uh, about her though is she she at least is somewhat fair <laughs> in her villainous treachery. Uh, she signs makes contracts for everyone so. If there's something they they really want to try to pull off, at least she has it in writing, and uh, they have a way. You know, they have to actually sign on the dotted line. So she's not making anybody do anything uh, against their will. It's just what I don't understand is why they're in a big uh, business of uh, you know undersea attorneys uh, going around <laughs> trying to you know read over these contracts for these people because you know they don't always see the loopholes that are that are in there in the in the document. <laughs> but uh, you know, she see, see lawyers absolutely. Yeah, undersea lawyers. I think there's a big business for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I guess one of the things uh, you know, she got kicked out of Atlantica uh, by uh, King Triton. So th- there's definitely some bitty, bitter rivalry there. Um, you know, you never really know why she was kicked out, but uh, you know, she didn't want to you know kowtow to King Triton and his rules. So she's over here trying to figure out a way to get back uh, in control. Um, you know, one one of the things that uh, that is the climax of the movie, anyway. You know, Disney always kind of rewrites so many stories, but one of the climax of the actual movie was she was still, you know, contractually doing what what you know what she set out to do. She never really turned on anybody, and she gave King Triton an, an option. She goes, well, you know, she you can save your daughter. You know, give me the give me the keys to the kingdom here, and uh, and then it wasn't until somebody killed flotsam and jetsam and then and then uh she really went bonkers on everybody and started going you know full full all out with her uh the triton but but anyway she's one of those things that that i think is uh we immediately have a knee-jerk reaction but i think there's something deeper there (laughs) oh yeah most most definitely I, i was talking to my wife about this uh topic today and she she said ursula right away and, uh, you know, I'm not saying anything that my wife is at all resembling Ursula, you know, talks like her or anything like that. She's a wonderful woman. So I don't want anybody to think that. So, honey, if you're, if you're, if you're listening, that's not why I'm bringing this up. I love you dearly. Um, you know, so she, she really likes, she really likes Ursula. And she was saying a lot of the things you were saying, Jeff. You know, she is, she is very cunning and she knew what she was doing and she knew how to get what she wanted. Um, you know, so it was actually she. She was one of her favorites too. So it's a, definitely a great choice. You know, you know. Also, uh, you, you guys talked about the, the the you know villain the villain parties. You know, I was talking with uh, my sources. My one of my main sources is Heather W twenty five on Twitter. If you want to follow her, she's a quintessential character fan. But yeah, you know, I confirmed with her. There's never been a meet and greet with uh, Ursula. You know, it's, it's come in many forms. You know, like parades, rides, stage shows. Um, you know, I don't know why Disney had hasn't really tried to do that unless it's it's some kind of, you know, they don't want to get any kind of controversy with a full-figured character or whatever. But, 
But man, if they ever bring out an Ursula meet and greet, you, you're talking about people losing their stuff. That, that's gonna that that would just go bonkers. Oh, totally agree with that. Absolutely. All right, uh, Chuck, we're up to you, buddy. So I think one of the most villainous and treacherous people of all time is Mother Gothel from Tangled. This is a woman who really is a quintessential villain. She does nothing for anybody else, is manipulative, and uses every bit of power that she has, which is purely manipulation, no special powers, to control a child and to make herself benefit. Um, Ultimately, she meets a very untimely demise. Spoiler alert, she falls out of the tower. But uh, when it comes down to... Oh, yeah, I know. It's it's terrible, Um, you know. (laughs) But when it comes down to it, she is one of the most evil people there is no benefit to anyone else but herself for what she is doing and uh, you know she's not like ursula who plays within rules she just does exactly what she wants to do to get herself ahead i uh, i think it's a it's a really good call on that i think she's underrated and i think she's underrated for a lot of the reasons you said because there's no special powers she's just that manipulative and she's that creepy um, you know, and especially when they, when she changes from being really old to young and, and back and forth like that, you know, she, when she's old, she's a scary looking lady. I'll tell you that. Yeah, absolutely. She is. She's All probably right. like 107 by the time she finally falls out of the, uh, tower. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah. She's, she's, she's older than dirt. The, well, actually the dust that she actually became when she hit the ground. So yeah. So it actually made sense. Is there any kind of likable quality about her though? Do you think? I, she was a good singer. Well, That's true. exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> she can sing well. Uh, when she when she was young and not really old, she was attractive for a cartoon. And that's yeah, that's what I was kind of going for. I think the fact that she she does have a, a a high level of attractiveness, you know, in my mind, I can't look at her and say, oh, she's just pure evil. I, I have a I have a hard time with these these female villains getting past the the exterior. You know, they some of them are extremely attractive. You know from from a animated or cartoon standpoint it's hard to totally be in hate with them you know see that's a lot a lot of females oh yeah i was, I was just <laughs> gonna say you know she's the quintessential uh, helicopter mom you know she she actually would go out and, and uh you know provide for her daughter um even though she's lo- got her locked her way in the tower <laughs> yeah she is but back to greg's point what point uh do you think that she becomes a villain is it when she's young and attractive or when she gets older like at what point does her villainy start mm, from what i from what i can tell it's it's there from the start from the movie if you watch to me uh it's it's there immediately yeah i, I agree i think i think right from the get-go she's evil um and i think she uses which a lot of you know females in this world do they use their attractiveness to kind of get their way and to kind of you know see their way around things and all that stuff and you know but then she's got that manipulative side too with that you know she gets her daughter to stay in a tower the entire 18 years of her life without really questioning it until like as she was getting older but you know what it's a cruel world out there she's just being a little little protective all right so so maybe she's not evil (laughs) at all that's it (laughs) She's off the yeah, list. No, she's, no. A, she's, she's, she's attractive. Fine. She's attractive. She could sing well, and she's really protecting her daughter. She's she's fine. No worries. I, I sound very sympathetic to her for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> These kids, they just don't respect us. Exactly. Oh no, they don't. But I do think we will need to uh, ask any of our lawyer friends for Pat because he's so far called his wife a uh, Ursula, I believe it was, 
And now we're talking about all females being manipulative. This see, isn't going to work out too well Chuck, for you. I, I, see, golly gee willikers. I, you really, I was thinking that as I'm saying it, I'm like, I probably should just shut my mouth. Um, go ahead, Pat. Put the foot in a little bit farther and see if it can get completely jammed in there. So I was hoping like we kind of just brushed past it. But obviously, thank you, Chuck. I appreciate that. Now I have to go get her even a nicer present than what I was already going to get her. Thanks, buddy. There go some of our listeners. Yeah. At this rate, <laughs> you may as well just go for the fences and get her a trip to Disney World at the end. Ah, you know what? I think I'll take her in April. Perfect. It is her birthday month, so. <laughs> yeah, I think it goes deeper than that. I think we've realized Pat has mother issues, too. So there's something there. <laughs> I can guarantee my mom won't listen to this episode. She could barely use a cell phone, so we're fine with that. Um, Chuck, you will. But, yeah, I think you may have the opportunity to meet my wife because we'll both be down there at the same time. And, uh, you know, so yeah, I'm sure you'll be able to tell her, you know, straight to straight to her face all the nasty things I've been saying. I'm sure she's going to hear it all on her own. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> All right, I'm going to move on, and I'm going to go to my person uh, or my villain. But first, wait, uh, I, had to, I had to take a sip of my uh, brand-new Alani coffee from Joffrey's. It, that, that, this coffee is definitely not evil in any way, shape, or form. It's actually heavenly. So I'm going to move on and say I'm going to go with Jafar now. Jafar, he's slick. He's uh, a fast talker. He's smooth. Um, and all he wants to do is just rule the world with absolute power and take over and be able to pretty much bring the world to its knees in one, you know, one fell swoop of his hand and have all the power of the genie. I, I think he's a perfect villain. You know, he, he's a little bit likable. He's got, he's got the Sultan believing that, you know, he's a good guy. And he's got everybody else, well, well, not everybody else, but a lot of other people kind of just looking at him with like, oh, that's a man of authority. And I think he's got a lot of people fooled, but, you know, he's got a lot of plans, you know, behind the scenes, all working out kind of like all good villains do. You know, he knows really what the, the plan is at the end. And if it wasn't for, you know, the awesome genie, the real genie, um, you know, he may have uh, gotten away with it and world domination would have been his. And obviously nobody thinks that. Crickets. Yeah. Well, Great. no. All right, so, so Jafar sucks. Uh, that's it. I'm, I'm done. I, that, <laughs> hey, that's the show, folks. He got one he wanted. He just has to live in an itty bitty living space. That's true, but without his staff, he's got nothing. Yeah, but with his staff, he has everything. Uh, I mean, granted, he did kill... See, I was trying to be deep there. It really didn't work, because, you know, Chuck, he... Well, he did kill a couple of peasants at the beginning of the movie. True, he's cold. See, he's cold. He's evil. But basically, this is this is the Chuck just throw Pat, you know, under the bus and, you know, defeat all his dreams and aspirations tonight. All right. I'm going to cry. Well, it sounds like I don't need to be here to do that. You're doing it on your own. Oh, good point on that one, too. All right. Well, I'll, I'll give you one thing. I'll come back to Jafar later. Jafar uh, is about as evil as it gets with the theme parks because Jafar leads to Iago, which leads to Tiki Room under new management. And that is about as evil as you can get. Drop mic, walk off stage. Thank you very much. And before uh, I get any farther into anything, Greg, we're going on to a number two because we, you know, we have one villain. You got to have another one. Uh, just to have so they can compete and fight over each other. So go for it, Greg. Absolutely. So this gal is she's she's beautiful, she's elegant, 
imposing, powerful, and totally evil. She gets what she wants, but of course doesn't win. But uh, who could forget Maleficent? I mean, you look at the castle that she has. It's it's absolutely amazing. But don't get near that place. Trust me. Um, but man, she is the ultimate villain. That's that's pretty good, actually. I, um, Chuck, you got something for uh, Greg on that one? You know, to disprove anything? Rebuttal, please. I have no rebuttal. Um, Maleficent is evil, cold-hearted, and really, really is at the top of the villain game. Yeah, yeah, Greg. Yeah, that was a good one, Greg. Yeah, you got you, you got it. You got a good, you got a good one there. Thank you much. I'm proud of that. <laughs> yeah, anybody could transform into a you know massive dragon. You know, you got to give mad props to. Oh, of course. Yeah. And she was trying to kill a 16 year old. Let's not forget that. Yep. Yeah. Unruly yeah. child, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, obviously, obviously, you know, not not anywhere as as evil as Jafar. But anyway, I'll move on. Um, Steven, what do you got for number two? Yep. My second is Hades from Hercules. How cool is he? He's so laid back and he's got some sarcastic attitude. I can make a joke out of any conversation and probably the sicker the better, which is a wee bit like myself and that's probably why I like him. A wee bit like my first choice of Scar. He's so laid back and he's almost horizontal until you wind him up and the flames come out the top of his head. A bit like anger out of Inside Out. But it's the smallest things that can send him over the edge. Other larger things will fly by him and not bother him at all. But the smallest thing just cracks him up. He's not getting any physical strength as such, but he can intimidate people. He's got a hot temper, and he's just one of these guys. He's got so many people under him, like pain and panic, who won't work for him. And obviously one of these days he's going to meet Scar as well, after his demise in The Lion King. I just feel as, as if his personality personifies me more than anybody else, probably even more than Scar. Just the fact that he's so cool. <laughs> I, li- I like your two choices, Stephen. And my, my son, Ethan, he, he, that Hercules is probably his favorite Disney movie. He'll watch it over and over and over again. Um, so I know he'll love your choice. And I, I love how just... You know exactly what you were saying. You know, cool, calm. You know, funny, but that boom. You know, and, and, and you know, get ready to set him off. You know, that's you know, I love, I love Hades. Hades is a great character. Yeah, that's him all over. It says you know, you can be smiling one second, and then the next minute, boom, you're dead. Yeah, it sort of ties in with my job as well. You know, hand in hand. <laughs> True. Yeah. And, and that, and that's a, that's a good uh, uh, characteristic to have if you're going to be a villain. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he must. He he trends very high. Obviously, Disney uh, has you know embraced this because he's becoming more and more of a host to a lot of these events. So as long as they can keep uh, a really lively, um, you know, character uh, actor in there, uh, I think it's it's top notch. I've seen him on the the cruise, and he's he's hilarious. Uh, he was the original. Uh, his character on the on the uh, the Disney cruise was uh, what the Aladdin character end up becoming like, uh, which just kind of reacting to current events. Uh, it's just, it's just brilliant. Yeah. I think Hades would make a, a really good, uh, you know, late night talk show host. <laughs> I think, I think he, I think he could fit that bill just very well. All right, Jeff, uh, you were going to go back to you for number two. You got it. So, um, you know, I don't know if, uh, if you have seen meet the Robinsons, if anybody out there has seen meet the Robinsons, um, one of my favorite, uh, you know, villain Disney villains uh, is the bowler hat guy, 
Um, if you haven't seen Meet the Robinsons, uh, definitely go see it. I mean, uh, it's it's one of my favorite, uh, you know, lesser known uh, Disney movies. But uh, there is a little bit of a spoiler alert. So uh, the bowler hat guy is uh, part of a big time tra- travel uh, storyline that kind of bounces back and forth. And um, but he he starts out. His real name is Michael Yagubian in in young form. Uh, they call him Goob, and he's he's at an orphanage, and he's kind of one of those things, one of those poor kids that don't ever get picked from an orphanage, and he gets mistreated and, and bullied, and, and he, he takes it in stride, but over about 20 years' time, it just kind of builds up on him, and then <laughs> he, uh, he he gets meets up with uh, um, a future omnipotent kind of um, a being that was created called Doris, uh, D-O-R-15 with a color Doris, and uh, she's the actual bowler hat uh, on his head. Um, but so she's the true antagonist of Meet the Robinsons, and she just kind of grabs this uh, goob and and uh, you know gets him to do it her bidding to to get get her way. But he's he's kind of one of the few villains that change their spots after they see the error of their ways. So he's he's definitely gone down the path of uh, you know redemption and and go back and able to uh, uh, you know. Return back to uh, where he started uh, as an innocent kid. Uh, one of the things I liked about him is he looks like Snidely, Whip- Snidely Whiplash from Deadly Do Right. Uh, it's a cla- I was just gonna say that. Yeah, he's a classic vaudevillian uh, villain. So, you know, it's just it's just a brilliant throwback villain. Yeah, and I, I think I think the movie itself. I think you're I think you're right. I think it's a maybe lesser known is maybe too strong, but it's it's definitely an underrated uh, film. And I, I do believe uh, more people, if they watched it, they they would like it. Uh, Dave, uh, just saying. Um, you know. By the <laughs> way, just just so everybody knows, our our other co-host uh, Dave Koch couldn't be with us tonight because he's still stuck in a small world. It's a small. Oh, sorry. Uh, the song already got caught in my head. Now Dave happened to send me videos of him being there, and I can't get the song out of my head. So I, I'm I'm a little bit evil in my head right now because it's driving me absolutely insane chuck help us out go to number two please quickly so i can get it's a small world out of my head please please well before we do that i think we should just revisit scar for a second he's so evil he hated that song that's true (laughs) perfect so my number two for uh evil villain is gaston he is one of the most likable villains in my personal um opinion all he does is eat eggs and create havoc, but has somehow managed to be manipulative enough to turn an entire village against the Beast and Belle. Um, not only that, he, in an effort to win the girl, develops this scheme, I guess we could call it, to uh, commit Belle's father to an, an insane asylum in order to get her hand in marriage. That's not really the best long-term strategy for finding a wife. That's what I did. <laughs> I was, was going to say. Worked for me so far. <laughs> it worked for all of us. I don't know what you're talking about. What a guy. Chuck, I, I will say this, though. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really know if Gaston is, is a villain. He falls under the category and all that. But I think many guys look at, look at him and are like, yeah, he's pretty cool, though. So, I, you know, it's tough, it's tough to see it. Yeah. Oh, he absolutely is. He's absolutely a villain. Um, and he is absolutely one of the coolest uh, 
villains that there is. I mean, he sings, he climbs roofs, he hunts, he eats eggs. I mean, Jesus, if it was, you know, a, a gorilla, we'd be talking about Tim. <laughs> Just kidding, Tim. <laughs> Who went to the zoo today to see his family members, so. But he made it out okay, everybody. So he'll be, he'll, he'll be on a, a future episode for sure. All right. Um, speaking of big guys, um, my last villain is uh, Big Pete. A lot of times you'll see him uh, in the Goofy uh, shorts or with movies with uh, with Goofy in it. But uh, I always had a, a, a fond connection with him. He's a big guy, you know, kind of like me. He's he's always rough and tumble, you know. But there is a soft side to him. And as he progressed through through time, you know, he was actually you know created and voiced by Walt Disney at the beginning, um, you know. So that actually makes him ultimately awesome. But um, there was. There was a time as as time progressed, like I was saying, um, especially when he got further along with the goofy movies and things like that, he actually became a good guy um, and somebody that uh, Goofy and Max could, you know, trust in and look up to, um, you know, but he was always causing so many problems for um goofy and his in, in the movies and then even with going back to my son with disney jr you know pete's always the uh in the mickey mouse clubhouse he's always the one that's kind of the the villain and trying to mess up their day or things of that nature but deep down inside he's a big guy but he he's a lot of fun and crickets again so basically i failed miserably at this topic <laughs> yes there it is folks perfect well, Pete did kidnap uh, Minnie Mouse and get a horse. Correct. <laughs> so, there we go. <laughs> well, a- after the Goofy movie, you know, you, you kind of go grow to like Pete. Yeah, I know. All right. You just feel sorry for Pete <laughs> Jr., that's all. You just feel sorry for his family. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I could hear. I could see that. So. All right, gents. Um, I'm going to wrap this one up. And... You know, thank you all for a a lively discussion. So, in a galaxy Jafar, Jafar away. Until next time, have a great week, everyone. You've just listened to another exciting episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. You can find the Mickey Dudes on Facebook at the Mickey Dudes Podcast and on Twitter at the Mickey Dudes. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share the love on Stitcher or iTunes. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you again real soon.